1: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, is it ever. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest
2: country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Friday episode of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. What are we doing today, Jimmy We're bringing you top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world because this country is being run by people who have their heads completely up their asses. I'm Kamala
0: Harris, and I approve this message.
2: 888-788-9910 if you want to do a little proctology work with the champ. Uh, It is Friday. We're in a great mood. My TV show, Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon, debuts tomorrow night at 10 p.m. (laughs) I have promised you and the world, if you've been watching my promo hits this week, it's a cable news keg party. It is a cable news keg party. Uh, Everybody's welcome. Everybody can hang. It's the same thing we do every day on the radio here. So you can consider this the trip to the beer distributor. For the next three hours, we'll go buy some kegs, round up some solo cups, talk about the news. We'll take the story seriously. But will we take ourselves seriously? The answer would be no. No, ma'am. This isn't that kind of show, man. Just an old school talk show. It's all it is. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how
3: smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are.
2: No, ma'am. So as we'll be saying on the TV tomorrow night, and as we always say today on the radio, uh, you can be a Republican here on Fox Cross America. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a... <laughs> Boom! There it is. Happy Friday, you guys. Uh, I find myself in good spirits. If you're watching me on Fox Nation... I'm wearing my NASA jacket. Why am I wearing my NASA jacket? Because it's launch week. There you go. Circle gets a square. TV show launches tomorrow. As you imagine, we've been working hard on that. Yesterday, I was off the radio, completely off the radio. And uh, I think we had uh, Jersey Joe Concha filling in. uh, And uh, I had promised you because you guys have the highest security clearance uh, in the Fela administration, I tell you so much more than you're supposed to know. Like whenever there's something big coming out around here, and I'm like, all right, you legally can't say anything till Monday at noon. Friday afternoon, I'm like, yo, (laughs) guess what I
1: heard? This could be a problem.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm going to get my ass kicked one of these days. But uh, I uh, am being profiled. How about this? As a guy who was driving a cab 10 years ago full time, Uh, Didn't even have a bank account, let alone money in the bank. I am being profiled uh, in no more, no less than Forbes magazine. Hey, girl. Now, to be clear. They're just writing about my show that's coming out. And, of course, the book Cancel Culture Dictionary, which is available for pre-order at foxnewsbooks.com. But me and Forbes, you know, Forbes does like 30 under 30, you know, 30 people that are millionaires under 30, you know, stuff like that. I think I'm in something called uh, (laughs) I'm in like 50 size 50s.
4: You're killing yourself the way you eat. You're a fat look at you.
2: (laughs) 50 size 50s. 75 guys with an IQ under 75. Well, I will tell you, as I get on the air today with that low IQ uh, and I look across this great land of ours, my attention takes me towards the great state of New Hampshire, the Granite State. Why? Because Joe Manchin, former West Virginia senator, guy on the way out, has head up to New Hampshire for the annual Politics and Eggs series, which very much, very much has speculation rampant that he's going to primary Joe Biden. Oh, I'm in trouble now. In this instance, he wouldn't be doing so as a Democrat, so we wouldn't technically call it a primary uh, challenge within the party because the party's not allowing it. They're actually b- blocking it. They're not, you know, letting Dean Phillips do anything and Marianne, Phil- you know, Williamson, who's a moonbat. Uh, I've done TV with her. She's actually crazy. Uh, Nice girl, but completely nuts. And, uh, of course, RFK Jr., who's also running in that independent lane. There is talk that Manchin's appearance at Politics and Eggs this weekend, it's today, uh, has ramped up interest in a presidential bid under the No Labels Party. Now, why is this getting so much talk, you know? Why are people jumping But like, whoa, Mansion! whoa, hey, ho. But why is Mansion even testing the waters? Because the guy in the office right now is terrible. I agree with that. That's also why you hear Michelle Obama out there. Uh, let me give this to you really quick. Straight dope, okay? Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama, are you ready, guys? She's never running for president. Tell him like it is. Never, ever, ever, okay? They're billionaires. They hang out on Steven Spielberg's lot, yacht, Okay, they're making Netflix money. They're making book money. They have a spectacular lifestyle that finds them surrounded by Secret Service at all hours of the day. Okay, there's nothing they want to do less than give up that quality life to go work a rope line at the Iowa State Fair. They don't want to do it. They've been in the White House eight years. Again, she is living as fabulous of an existence as one could have, you give all of that up to campaign. Something people appreciate about Trump. He could have just been a rich, fat, spray tan guy playing golf the rest of his life. But now he's a rich, fat, spray tan guy who golfs in between court cases, campaigns, tries to win back the White House, and uh, constantly gets accused of overthrowing our government with Russians. It was made up by these sick people. It's bananas. But the point is, you got to want it. Michelle Obama doesn't want it, okay? And she wouldn't win because what is she actually running on? Okay, the Obama presidency has aged horribly. Obamacare has brought up health care premiums over 300%. Is that an Affordable Care Act? The answer would be no. And so you understand she ain't running, but she's in the media, okay? She's doing appearances. I'm worried about the election. We don't let you know. the Polls are concerning. People don't get it. Trump, bad. White supremacy. Demi- all the buzzwords, all the word salad words the climate or something equity i don't know but the point is she's in the media doing all that saber rattling because that is a signal from the obamas not that michelle obama is running but that the obamas would prefer someone else other than biden ah you have a good eye my man that's why this is going on that's them giving permission to the party on a public level to be looking around my prediction still holds Biden will be on this ticket all the way to June. He is not going to be the nominee, okay? Whether they yank him at the convention, he voluntarily bows out, okay? Biden has no idea what he's doing.
0: This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
2: And when you're out of it, okay, as he appears to be from time to time on a cognitive basis, and you're polling behind ISIS— it's really hard for a party to throw all of their support behind you and feel good about it. Okay, you know how, like, I feel good right now. I keep saying, wow, I'm on a billboard in Times Square. I'm on another billboard. Oh, my gosh, the commercials for my TV show are on ESPN. We're watching a national football game on the night. I see myself on TV on ESPN. It's crazy. Bananas. I was driving a cab. I mean, think about that. But the most exciting part about it is not the exposure. It's that like, wow, this place, Fox, like really got behind me. Like they really believe in me. It's like the coolest thing in the world. It's the best thing in the world. It just I I have nothing to compare it to. But the point is, if (laughs) this was Fox News Saturday night with Joe Biden, would any channel be putting him all over the billboards? Okay, now understand all I'm being asked is to run a TV show for an hour. Joe Biden is being asked to run the whole entire country. That can't be good. Okay, he's not running the country. Like, it was completely exposed this week with the Lloyd Austin story. Okay, thankfully, we, we, we attacked some Houthis finally in Yemen. Okay, took some shots at the Houthis last night. I'm all in. You have to be able, as Americans, to look at insurgents subsidized by Iran. Okay, people that you actually can kill like a bug. And say, yo, hey, guys, cut the You got to be able to do that. And I'm happy that we did. But understand with these conflicts going on and the Secretary of Defense being out of touch with the White House for a week, if he's able to go a week without talking to the White House, that means they've never been talking to the White House. Bingo. Okay, it's not, you know. If there's a steady line of communication there and Biden's going to his daily briefings, he doesn't go a week without finding out where the guy running the whole entire military is.
1: He knows what he's talking about. That's, that,
2: no, that's not how it works. So the point is whether you're incapacitated on a cognitive level or historically unpopular, okay, the Democratic Party doesn't feel comfortable throwing all of its resources behind you. That being said, you are the seating, sitting president of the United States of America. So you do have power. You do have a delicate balance to strike if you're trying to get that guy off the ticket. Now, these conversations, according to people I know that you hear on this show that have worked on the Biden campaign. okay, these conversations are ongoing within the party. They want him off the ticket. They get on TV though, and they're like, no, Biden's great. No, you can't. Come on. Four more years. I mean, 12 more years.
1: Come on. Don't bullshit me.
2: But that's what they have to do because that's the performance art of politics. But what they're trying to do right now in that delicate balance of extracting Biden from the ticket takes a lot of help from the party leaders. And in this instance, the party leaders are the Obamas. You know, to a lesser extent, the Clintons. Uh, Because they're, I don't know if you heard, they're having some rough times in the headlines. Apparently, uh, Bill Clinton was flying south on uh, a lot of planes that weren't Air Force One. (laughs) uh, Let's just say uh, he was friendly with, uh, it would appear, uh, a lot of girls who could also sell him Girl Scout cookies. I believe that together we can make America great again. I don't doubt it, but... uh... It sounds like he focused all his energy on making Epstein Island great again. Uh, but the point is, OK, the Obamas are the party leaders. When Michelle Obama saying, I'm horrified, this isn't good, we got to make a move. OK, that's a signal to everybody else of like, yo, who do we got here? OK, and you're going to see that groundswell build. Biden will not be the nominee. He will not be the nominee. Sean Hannity, if you're out there, I'm on your show tonight uh, on Fox News nine o'clock. But if I forget to bring it up, you're gonna owe me money, Sean Hannity. If you guys run into Hannity today, he's kickboxing or something, tell him Fela said he owes you money. He owes you owes me money. Because <laughs> we made a bet way back when. And Hannity's making a more informed decision in that presidents don't come off tickets. That's why it was so historic when Lyndon Johnson did it in 68. Okay, but that was to some extent Lyndon Johnson's call. Okay, Joe Biden is not calling the shots. Okay, but it sounds an awful lot like the Obamas are calling it for them. And when you see Joe Manchin heading up to New Hampshire, he appears, he appears to have gotten the coded message.
1: What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Watch Jimmy's new show Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel.
5: Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
2: Right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get-up-and-go-in-the-bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to, okay? You can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenix Total Tea Testosterone Booster has Testofen, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenix Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword JIMMY. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenix Thermo-X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's two three one two three one, 231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply
6: are you playing to run for president
7: Phil, I'm not up here as a candidate for any office. I'm up here basically promoting Americans together. My daughter, Heather, has started an organization which I very much support and appreciate this type of a movement for people who feel homeless and helpless in the political arena. Uh, The Democrat Party and the Republican Party have gone to the extremes, pushing people to make a decision on what extreme party do you belong to. And there's so many that don't. And it's not a better place than New Hampshire to find out the people of the bellwether state, to find out what they believe and why they believe that uh, they feel homeless and how we can bring this country together. It's all about the United States of America. It's not about a Democrat or a Republican party, and we've lost that.
2: So he's up in New Hampshire saying all of that because he's not running for president. That is a lie. He's certainly finding out if he thinks he can. Okay, you're not just intellectually curious about how we can bring people together. I'm leaving the Senate, and I'm not running for president. <laughs> I'm leaving the Senate. I'm not running for president, but I'm heading up to the most significant northeastern primary state uh, just to, you know, see how I can help the American people. You are so full of shit. Mm-hmm. Joe Manchin also uh, reading Playboy for the Articles on the way up there today. <laughs> Come on, man. <clears throat> so funny. But uh, you know, we find these conversations taking place because of the position Joe Biden happens to be in in the polls. It's one of the reasons why the Republican nomination is as contentious as it is is they all know whoever wins is winning the election. Correct the mundo. Okay, They're winning the election. Biden's going to come off the ballot, but I'm telling you, the Democrats, even if they nominate a a cable news super hunk like Gavin Newsom, okay, the point is at some period during the election, as much as the media is going to spend all their ammo calling Republicans racist and you're a white supremacist, transphobe, misogynist, bigot, you know, you're Hitler if you vote Republican, it's common. It's going to be the ugliest election in the history of the country, ugliest ever, okay? But at some point in the conversation, if Gavin Newsom's on the ticket, Somebody is going to point a news camera towards the sidewalks of San Francisco. And that's all you need to know. Oh, what's the quality of life in the wealthiest state in America? Oh, it's declining. Everyone's leaving. So why would we want this guy in charge of the whole thing? The Republicans, if they're smart, no matter who the nominee is, the Republicans should keep doing a Hannity. You know Hannity had Newsom on? You want to debate ideas. Ideas favor Republicans. Name calling social media influence campaigns favor Democrats because they're appealing to idiots whose emotions are their facts make them feel better about themselves by saying the other guys are a bunch of racists. OK, that's why they called voter I.D. Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow
8: on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states.
2: Jim Crow. On steroids steroids.
3: This guy will say anything.
2: I mean, and if anybody knows about saying anything, it's that guy. But the point is they know that asking someone to show a government ID in the year 2023 2022 when that quote actually came out, to be clear they know that that's not worse than burning down people's houses so they don't vote as they did in Jim Crow. They know that's not as restrictive as physically attacking people at the polls. They know it's not as restrictive as charging them taxes, like a poll tax. Okay, but they trotted that line out anyway because idiots believe it. Oh, Jim Crow. he <laughs> <laughs> better not vote Republican than Jim Crow. Democrats are so full of crap. But that's how the Democrats win elections. It's idiots. Well, I don't want to be like Jim Crow. Well, that's good because nobody does. Uh, but Jim Crow was run by the Dixiecrats, you know, the Democratic Party. That's what Jim Crow is a byproduct of. And the reality is when you hear the argument getting to race, I played you a clip on Monday with Chris Wallace, who's over on CNN now. He's le- you know, left here. He's at CNN. CNN is the worst. Fine. But Chris Wallace going, do you think it was a bad idea? For the president to go full Hitler this early in the nominating process? They're going Hitler in January. Okay, the election is not until November. If the Democrats were already out there denigrating the Holocaust, disrespecting the 12 million people killed by Adolf Hitler, by drawing any comparison whatsoever to Adolf Hitler and Trump, who just called Rosie O'Donnell a pig. (laughs) Like, come on, man. But the point is, if you're going to the Hitler card in January, it's because you know your ideas aren't going to do you any good in November, which is why you hear all the Joe Manchin talk and the stupid Michelle Obama talk. But the bottom line is, when you look around the party, Biden sucks.
1: It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl.
2: January is upon us. But as far as the White House goes, New Year, same old crap. Really underwhelming stuff happening at the White House as we get the Iowa caucuses underway. 72 hours. Sounds like they're going to be freezing. Uh, But I will tell you what. I'm excited, man. Because this is live ammo. That's why you play the game. That whole thing. We know what the polls tell us. They tell us Trump's going to win this thing. Probably going to get 50% of the vote. Nobody's going to come close. That's what we're being told. It'll be interesting to see if it plays out that way because a storyline will develop and emerge heading into New Hampshire based on who overachieves and underachieves. Now, we're being told in the latest poll that Haley has pulled ahead of DeSantis, Ron DeSantis.
3: There's a slob. There's a real slob.
2: I guess. But it'll be interesting to see how the withdrawal from the race of Chris Christie affects things. Uh, It'll certainly be interesting to see what's left of DeSantis, because if he finishes third, he's out of here. And then you're watching a trump Nikki Haley fight.
5: Get her out. Get her out of here.
2: It'll be interesting to say. Uh, See. Uh, But the point is, it is Friday. I've probably done um, 100 interviews and— bunch of TV hits and prepped a TV show and uh, I don't feel like carrying this thing so I'm handing it over to the callers for a little bit and you guys can earn your your paycheck 888-788-9910 Scott down in Tampa Florida yo Scott Jimmy how you been my man Uh, I'm good man I had a crazy week this week because we got to launch this TV show but we're we're good to go I mean at this point the only thing I'm worried about are the bartenders in New York City because they're getting a workout tomorrow at that after party. I'll be
6: tuning in tomorrow night.
2: That's sure. the spirit. Uh Mikey said you had something uh tell me your Lloyd Austin theory.
6: So so I'm a marine. Okay. All right. One, if if I went missing for 4 days, uh my platoon commander would haul me uh in front of his desk and rip me a new one. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, I have you ever pulled an Irish goodbye?
2: <laughs> yes. Will you leave the party early? And yeah, don't tell, and tell anybody. You just right. Yeah.
6: This, you just disappear. Nobody knows. Right. Uh-huh. Nobody knows where you are. Right. Uh-huh. So I, I want to propose something to you and, and feel free to use it in your in your routines without feeling guilty of plagiarism, because <laughs> uh, I want to start calling it the Austin goodbye.
2: <laughs> now, I won't plagiarize your work because I'm not the president of Harvard, uh, but I do think that's hilarious. Very well said, Scott. <laughs> Very well said. And uh, it's just so comical. It's so so comical to see a Secretary of Defense, Irish goodbye, the country. It's a great point you make. Uh, We will undoubtedly dwell on this a little bit longer. Uh, Tomorrow night show, so you know when you tune in. It's going to be a lot less political than you might think, but it's a lot of fun. I have a good crew of just absolute lunatics, and you'll, you'll never see anything like this on the Fox News channel. I'm actually pretty confident we're taping the first episode and the last episode in the same night <laughs> based on what I have planned. Uh, but, but I appreciate you tuning in, brother. You know I need the ratings. Have a great weekend, man. I'll see you on the couch.
6: You do the thing.
2: My man. There goes Scott, who will be on the couch watching Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon something every single one of you should be doing. That's true. That is true. It's our show. You know, I say this is our show. I'm not the star we are. When you watch the TV show, you're going to be maybe not shocked because you listen to this show, but you're going to be pleasantly um, surprised at how much the American people are a part of the show. You'll get it. Uh, Kevin in Hampton Roads, Virginia. He's ready to rumble. Kevin.
9: Jimmy. Yes, are you ready to rumble? The Iowa caucuses are finally here. But before I get to that, you're talking about your new show. I'm mm. psyched about that. Oh, yeah. Maybe it'll help my iPhone. I'll be doing voice-to-text and to one of my friends, and I'll say Jimmy Fallon, and the thing types Jimmy Fallon or wow. Jimmy Fish.
2: Yeah.
9: <laughs> my iPhone needs to recognize your name.
2: No, it's funny because it, anyway. I do get confused. Like, name-wise, people do, like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon. You basically, like— a more talented version of him, but he can outdrink me. I do mean that. I, I, like, <laughs> if you had to watch one of us, you'd watch me. He's cute, but I'm absolutely funnier. And I'm not saying that to be arrogant, but he can drink. He can outdrink the average touring funk band. He is a hollow wow. leg dude. No, he's something else. But let's talk Iowa, because you might need a few pops to get around in that blizzard. It's going to be cold out there. No.
9: Brett Baer said the other day, minus 14. I hope he's talking oh. not actual, but wind chill. But I he's thought he was talking about the
2: point 14? spread in an NFL playoff game. Minus 14?
9: Yeah. and And you know, the thing is, it's like it's like football. You know, Trump's coming into this game like Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers before the national championship game. But they're like playing the game in Lambeau Field, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are the elderly going to want to come out at minus 14? Ooh. I think, you know, I mean, now, uh, Ramaswamy's got the young people. They can handle it. They'll probably be wearing shorts and a tank top, you know, yep. with painted Ramaswamy across their face. But, mm-hmm. hey, um, and that's where <laughs> I kind of wanted to start with, uh-huh. um, if I may. Yep. I think Rama- wait, wait, wait! I just party. want to jump in.
2: That's where you wanted ahead, to y'all. start. You've been on the call for seven minutes, but continue. I love you. Keep talking. You have the floor. <laughs> we have plenty of time because I don't feel like hosting this show. I want you guys to carry it. Take it away. Start. You go ahead and start, <laughs> Kevin. I love you. Go just ahead.
9: Interrupt me whenever, whenever I get going too far, too far oh, and too fast. Go ahead. But, hey, so I think I think the Ramaswamy campaign. I've been watching these videos. You know, they're on the stump. He's got can- the oh so popular Candace Owens out mm. there on tour with him, and I was watching a, a video on the stump, and, and a DeSantis supporter from the Iowa legislature uh, uh, threw DeSantis under the bus and said, I'm, I'm switching my endorsement to Ramaswamy. Now, Ooh. why is Rama, why, why do I say Ramaswamy is the dark horse to watch for? He's done, reportedly, 390 events, the double grassley. Mm. He's been flying under the radar, and I was watching one of his events, and he's signing up precinct captains at the end of each event now yeah. if you do the math if he signs up five precinct captains at every event he's got more than enough to cover the set roughly 1700 precincts in iowa mm-hmm. now i worked there in 88 i was a precinct captain mm-hmm. and 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 what they do is they'll give you the list of republic registered republicans in your precinct now your goal is hey i want to get 50 plus one so you know the cap the precinct captains are going to win or lose this right we've heard the pundits we've heard the polls but now the the time is to be on the field and play the game and yep. and it's hard to pull a caucus right yep so so these precinct captains it's it's much different you know a, a primaries you're, you're pretty much anonymous you mm-hmm. just go up check the box but in this particular case they know each and every voter they've mm-hmm. been recruiting them for months and they're going to get him out. Are you still coming? They'll call. Hey, Susie, yeah. are you still going to show up on Monday? And so they've got the numbers, and I think Ramaswamy's got the ground game. Oh. So I think he's gelling and 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 peaking at just the right time. But I want to I want to say this one caveat about him. He's <laughs> okay. made this uh, yeah one caveat right after about ten. Yeah. But anyways, he's 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 compared. You know, he's brought up Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence at the yeah. age of thirty three, yep. and he's thirty eight. But Thomas Jefferson didn't become president until he was 60, right? So Ramaswamy's still really green. He's a super talented, intelligent guy, and he knows how to say the right things. But Trump, there's just something about Trump. I mean Trump toys with the news media. He's been famous so long. Mm -hmm. He'll bait them, and and he'll use their political correctness against him. And then they'll come down on him like a ton of bricks, knowing the whole time that his supporters are going to love it. Wow. Right?
2: Yes. So you're saying – are you saying Trump is kind uh, of orchestrating the media hysteria?
9: Yeah, he'll even say things like, you know, Putin's a genius. And they're like, oh, he loves Russia. Nobody's thinking ahead to when he's president. And when he goes to call Putin up, Putin's going to remember he said that, right? Ooh. And so he's already got Putin halfway eating out so, of his hand. So you've but, got Trump bamboozling Putin. Wow. Exactly. Oh, no, yes. Yeah. Now do you do you remember Ronaldo Nehemiah, that famous yeah. gold medal hurdler? Yeah, of course. From the Olympics?
2: Yeah, I mean, we have really gone Olympics? some places here today. All right, give me yeah, what's the Ronaldo Nehemiah <laughs> Then I got to get to the other calls. Go ahead.
9: Okay. So, so <laughs> they they asked Ronaldo Nehemiah, how, how do you know or do you know if you're on world record pace when you're running it? He uh-huh. says, "Well, yeah, he says each time I cross the hurdle, I'm running so fast, I feel like I'm going to fall on my face." Wow. And that's what's got got to happen. To win the Iowa caucus or or the election, my view is your campaign's got to spin out of control Mm -hmm. to the point where your supporters start orchestrating their own events.
2: Wow. Right? uh Uh-huh. Well, I will tell you, if you want to talk about things uh, spinning out of control, uh, this call was long enough to have a bibliography. Uh, You know I love you, Kevin. Make make sure you watch my TV show tomorrow.
6: Get him out of here.
3: Get him out. Uh,
2: Michael... In Willingboro, New Jersey, Michael, you are <laughs> awfully close to Fox News headquarters, my man.
3: I am. Uh, I think if I stood up uh, on top of my truck, I think I could probably see you, Jimmy.
2: Whoa! Uh, don't let sec- <laughs> Don't let security hear that. Hey, oh. hey
3: uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to meet your in-laws when I was in Ohio the other day. Well, it looked like some type of police action at well, their yeah, house. I was so gonna I just say, kept it rolling, man.
2: I was gonna, I was, I've was i never heard that those words before. Unfortunately, I didn't get to meet your in-laws. It's usually fortunately. <laughs> oh, these people are a mess. Did you get a hey, Kewpie hamburger? You know
3: Oh, absolutely. Damn. I had lunch at QP Hamburgers. Yes. It was fantastic. Yes, you man. did. A, a simple menu, good food, fast service, reasonable prices, and nice folks. Oh, it was
2: aren't great. They. Aren't they? QP is a home run institution. So you understand, like you've had in the six degrees of separation of our friendship, uh, you've gotten, uh, you've eaten burgers probably in the same booth I sat in. How about that?
3: Uh, that's fantastic hey i want to spell it for my fellow burger lovers k-e-w-p-e-e because yeah. it took me a while to find it yeah I- i-75 exit 125 oh yeah oh, my gosh it was so good oh yeah, so no. If,
2: if you guys are in a truck right now heading south on 75 that's the move or if you're on like the lincoln highway you're making a move east or west on route 30 that's the move. 36 will get you there intersect with uh 75. I mean, if you're coming across route 80, get it on your get it on your brain. You say I know the roads, you know what I'm saying, Michael?
3: <laughs> you do. And I'm I'm not sure about the big naked baby in there. I got to yeah. look into that, but I mean, it's a life size, it's huge. It's 6 feet tall.
2: You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this uh it's uh it's it's a different take. It's a different take on a mascot. The naked baby mascot. But uh, it brings me back to when Lincoln was born and we were broken. We were trying to sell him on Craigslist. It's pretty funny. Yeah, well.
3: Well, look, laughs and dining recommendations from my radio buddy. It just doesn't get any better no, than it, that, buddy. No,
2: it doesn't. But you better pull over and put on my show tomorrow night, 10 o'clock.
3: Oh, I got it. It is, It is on. Well, it is going to happen. I can't wait to see what happens. Oh, you, luck, have, you have You have no idea. Fantastic.
2: I'll see you on the couch. Have fun out there. You're the Thanks, best, Michael. Man. See you, buddy. The great Michael. Uh, quick break. Back with your calls after this.
1: It's the show that never hits the books.
2: I love the poorly educated.
1: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: We're all over the map here on Fox Across America. It is Friday, and we are just letting the phones fly. We haven't had a lot of you and me time lately. i have been all over the place. 888 788 nine nine one zero remember the late great rush limbaugh it's open line friday but we're doing something here called it's jimmy's hungover friday fat drunk and <laughs> stupid is no way to go through life so mary attempting to cure me now from wichita kansas mary hey girl
10: hi thank you for having me
2: of course we're excited um, excited to have you. Um, what are you thinking? Lloyd uh, Austin, is that what you were telling Mikey about?
10: I was. I was. I am a veteran. I am an Army nurse.
2: Oh, thanks. And,
10: you know, I know that he's—I I feel bad for his medical situation. And I know he says he's available from the hospital or mm-hmm. whatever. But he is dealing with pain. That's yeah. why he was hospitalized. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that— to deal with that pain, he's under the influence of some pain medication. Mm -hmm. I do not want him making military decisions while he's under that kind of influence. Mm -hmm. When I I was practicing, and I am retired, I could not legally have a patient sign a permit for a toenail removal Mm -hmm. if they had had pain medications in the last three hours. Wow. So I do not feel comfortable with him making medical decisions whether from home or the hospital, knowing that he is needing something for pain.
2: You know what? That's that's a really interesting angle of analysis that no one, I believe, has factored in. Thank you for contributing that to the discussion, because you're saying he's essentially considered under the eyes of laws that you deal with with patients, he's almost considered mentally incapacitated or potentially so when he's on meds?
10: I'm not saying mentally incapacitated. You know what I mean, like altered judgment. Right. Yeah. He, exactly. Exactly. They would say, you know, after a, a medical procedure, you know, for the next three to five hours, don't make a important decision like buying a car. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> That's
8: funny. You
10: know, so I, I I feel that in his position, he is making important decisions, mm-hmm. and um, he needs to take care of his medical situation and just admit that he's not going to be able to clearly at all times
2: yeah do the job know, yeah
10: be, be there for us
2: well listen i this was such a reasoned call i'm nominating you for the position if he withdraws
10: okay i'll i'll take it let's Thank go you. mary get to the
2: pentagon they're <laughs> looking for you everywhere are you gonna watch my show tomorrow night
10: uh, oh i certainly will you're the Thank best you.
2: all right i'll see you on the couch girlfriend be well there she goes the great mary in wichita kansas dennis is up in salisbury vermont let's check in with wvmt dennis Jimmy feeler, I am not worthy. No, you're not. Um, You're going to see my show tomorrow night, and you're actually going to concede once and for all that you're not worthy. But I'll still have you around.
8: Biden is so weak. Mm -hmm. Help me out here, Jimmy. How weak is he? How weak is he? Okay, that that I think if Trump were to, after all the other candidates drop out on the Republican primary, Trump re-registers as a Democrat and runs in the Democratic primary. If Joe doesn 't reach fifty percent, Donald Trump could conceivably be the nominee of
2: both parties <laughs> so silly <laughs> you and were you on a speaker a three way call with Kevin who called in earlier was trump I know tricking that trump putin is
8: listening to you jimmy he 's going to do it. Uh-oh. All he has to do is encourage the Republicans and the uh, independents to jump into the democratic primary. Uh Rush Limbaugh did it in
2: 2008 with Operation Chaos. Uh Uh-huh. And you think Trump will? Well, here, to be clear, Trump does know how to register as a Democrat because he was a registered Democrat 10 years ago. there you go. (laughs) Nobody likes to hear that part of the conversation. They're like, Nikki Haley changes her stripes whenever things get dicey. I'm like, Trump was a Democrat. I mean, I'm just calling a fair fight. But go ahead. Do you have a theory? Uh, Are you one of those people that believes the Democrats are trying to help Nikki Haley?
8: Uh, well, that is the rumor in New Hampshire, uh-huh. and uh, and I I don't know if Joe can get over 50% in his own party. There's, mm-hmm. I think, about 24% that okay. think he's well, uh, even capable of holding the office still.
2: Yeah, you so know, Joe, the guy's a mess. that my
8: car was
9: worthy. Oh, of. it was
2: worthy. It was epic. We'll always have this, Dennis. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on TV. Travis! Oh, man. Hey, Out in Dubois. Hey, What's hey, going hey. on, man? Yep, you said it right, Stu yep. boys. You damn right it is. Not do you know how much time I have spent out there at like Haas's or Scotty's Donuts because I drive through there yep. all the time with my family.
6: Yeah, the last time you came to town, I had to work. My oh, mother-in-law Travis. went and visited you and got me an autograph. Oh, there you go. All right, yep, good. yep i have I, I have it on a, a donut plate.
2: <laughs> oh, apropos. <laughs> uh,
6: next time you come come around, before you – since you're big time now, I'll, I'll be watching it. your show tomorrow night or oh, yeah. I'll, I'll try to stream it at work on Sunday night.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, this is what it is. It airs tomorrow live at 10 p.m. And then it re-airs on Fox Sunday at 5 p.m. And it's going to be uh, I would, madness.
6: I would like to let you know what an influence you, you, you've had. Oh, buddy. I I, I I have four kids, all
2: different, 19, 20. Uh-huh. And they and, pay attention to what I do? Oh, Oh, Travis, what kind of parent are you? I'm kidding, Travis. I'm being modest. I love you for saying that. We're up against a hard break, but I'll see you on TV.
1: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy. Jimmy, here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up of Fox
2: Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be your TV buddy tomorrow night. As I host the maiden voyage of Fox News Saturday night with Jimmy Fallon, they put my name right on the show. That's stupid.
3: Use your common
2: sense. I said the same, Uh, but they could not be talked out of it. We are going through with it. I am hosting a primetime show on the Fox News channel every Saturday night. I mean, what
1: the hell is the world coming
2: to? You (laughs) You stop it. Uh, I'm taking a lot of heat in the control room, apparently. But uh, no, it's gonna be, it is going to be a win. It is going to be a net win for America. That is a fact-check false. Damn, wow, it's a rough crowd today. Uh, no, it is. It's going to be great because we're just going to talk about stuff and have a fun time doing it. It's, not, it's so not a political show. This isn't a political show. We cover politics. I'll give you takes. But it's not a show where I'm like, oh, I got to get people to vote Republican. It's not really what's going on here. I'd love someone to call in on one issue and just beat me up and down the the line. And, oh, you know what? You're right about this. But we don't really have those conversations enough in this country anymore. So I'm just trying to create, especially on the TV side, a world where we can start having any conversation, not necessarily a political one, just any conversation. You know, what are you drinking? Is it a PBR? Huh. I'm more of an eggnog guy this time of year. You know, I don't care. Whatever it takes. So 888-788-9910 if you want to contribute to such a dialogue. Okay, in this hour, one of my all-time favorite human beings, uh, pound for pound, as good of a talent as we have here at Fox News, Katie Pavlich. Katie Pavlich will be making a triumphant return to the show. Before she can do that, Vinny is batting leadoff in Hartford, Connecticut. Vinny. Hey, Gene, yep, sorry. sorry. I'm great, buddy. Okay. Just hitting all the wrong buttons, but continuing on.
11: Hey, congratulations on this show. It sounds like good things happen to good people. Oh, That's terrific. Man.
2: Thank you, buddy. It's and, awesome. And,
11: mm-hmm. and you're a guy playing with house money. How good is that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, hey, listen. Uh-huh. Hey, listen. I got a question. Like, if Mansion gets traction with voters... Do you think that Democrats would give him something to go away? Do you think that's what he's up to? Because he's not going to run for senator. Do you Mm -hmm. think he's up to something?
2: Well, I think he's definitely lobbying if he's not going to run for senator, at the very least, uh, for maybe a cabinet position or something, meaning if he he is to not run, yes, because he needs a future in politics, and it clearly sounds like he wants one. But I think given how divided we are politically – I don't know that a third party candidate could win this thing, but I know that the field is so fragile that people have to be entertaining the notion, meaning big money donors have to be entertaining the notion because Biden might really might not be the candidate. I mean, I think there's a very good chance that he's out by the convention. And then the reality of the Trump situation is Trump's killing everybody. But if somehow Trump really does get found criminally guilty and go to jail, which is a possibility, that really will change the calculus of the whole election, at which point you might see a Republican that's not Donald Trump. At which point you've got a completely upside down landscape where the Republicans lose their nominee, the Democrats lose their nominee, ergo a third party might have some sympathy from voters. I don't know that we're going to get there. I'm just saying the potential for chaos right now is
1: nuts.
11: You know, I, I the first time I voted for a president presidential election was in 92 when Perot oh, ran yeah. as an independent. He got some I mean. A bunch of us voted for him. He got some decent traction. Maybe they just want – maybe he just wants to make it so they want him to go away. That's all I'm thinking.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, they definitely want him to go away. Uh, (laughs) But, Vinny, you stick around. Great call. We'll do it again soon. Okay, buddy? Boom. Randy is on the line in Richmond, Vermont. Hey, girl. How are you?
4: Congratulations on your show, Jimmy. Oh,
2: Randy! What a big win for us! We got our own TV I show. Isn't that nuts?
4: Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a long time, but I kept saying, Jimmy, you need your own show. You need your own show. You need your
2: own show. <laughs> oh, Randy! I will tell it you this. Finally happened. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, obviously, like, I'm over the moon. But it is—it's our show. Like you—you you know me. Everybody who listens to the show knows me. Like when people who listen to the show come to stand-up events and meet me. It's the same, you know what I mean. You don't, you can't fake this level of mediocrity. I just am what I am, and the point is, if you know, bad. if if you know me, uh, then you uh, own a lot of this success. It is partly your show. I mean, I'm not giving you a cut of the money, Randy, but it's partly your show.
4: That's fine. I just felt bad that I couldn't have a drink with you when you were up here. Well,
2: listen, you um, could have had several with my by
4: fans. Yeah, well, I you could. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. You were surrounded by fans. I couldn't even get close
2: to you. Oh, Randy. Well, all I was going to say is you could have had several drinks with Mikey because, uh, man, oh boy, oh man. He he broke a couple of Fox records when we were up in Vermont uh, and not the good kind.
4: Oh, well, if, if I would have found him, I would have drank with him, too.
2: Randy, I love it. No, I just, you're uh, open arms. I love your policy. You have an open-door policy. Uh, listen.
4: One more thing. Yeah,
2: give it to me. I got time, girlfriend. One more
4: thing before you go. Oh, okay. I didn't know if he had to cut me off. Nope. But, um For the games, make sure you go to my cookbook and make that Stromboli recipe.
2: Ooh, Stromboli's good in January. Oh, I mean it's good any month of the year. I
4: haven't had time to look at it, Randy. Get time, make that Stromboli, Stromboli recipe for your family.
2: Tell, tell them the name of your cookbook again.
4: Randy's Country Kitchen. Oh, cookbook. Randy,
2: it's actually sitting. I
4: hope you didn't throw it away.
2: No, it's actually sitting on a shelf in my kitchen with Ducey's cookbook. I have two Ducey cookbooks, a Randy cookbook and some cookbook Jenny bound of her grandma's recipes. I, I actually I have Ducey's
4: cookbook,
2: too. Oh, there you go. Look at that, Randy. This is epic. Um, yeah. What are you going to have for the premiere of my show? Are you making anything special? Are you drinking anything special?
4: Um, no, um, I'm making homemade pizza, but we got lots of beer. So, ah, the girl. That's the I'm spirit. Excited. I'm excited about your show, mm. and uh, we're looking forward
2: to All it. All right, Randy. I'll see you on the couch, girlfriend. Be well. There she goes, the great Randy. You should be excited, you guys. Uh, if you're going to watch the show tomorrow night, call in. Tell me how you're going to watch it. Are you going to the bar? Are you making barbecue? Well, how are you going to watch it? I don't, I'd i love to know. It's it's fascinating. I love when I meet people and they tell me where they listen to my radio show. They're like, I cook methamphetamines in Davy, Florida to your show every day. <laughs> like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, no, but I love uh, hearing how this this content impacts your life uh, because that's what makes our show successful. I sat around in a cab for 12 hours listening to enough talk radio to realize it impacts the people who consume it. Ergo, I was like, Hey! What well, if I had a positive impact on the people listening to the show and we kind of spread some good vibes? That's what I am. I'm a fat hippie, you know, who sounds like this. <laughs> I'm a fat hippie with a MOOC accent. That's what I am. Uh, but here we are on the radio doing the damn thing. 888-788-9910. One other thing I want to get to, though, before Pavlich comes on, and we will get right back to your calls. Okay, we're three days out till Iowa. Three days. The weather is going to be... Uh, an intangible here when it comes to turnout. It is going to be difficult. You know, these people, I do think, are committed uh, in terms of turnout. I don't believe the weather can stop it on the level some people are predicting, if only because if you live in Iowa, you have been watching political commercials every day in every commercial break on every TV show for two years. Two years. You cannot change a channel without running in to some type of political ad.
1: Ah!
2: Ah, Can't do it. You can't do it. It is nonstop. It's on every billboard. It's in every ad. It's in every county. It's everywhere you go. Okay, they live for this. So much so that Iowa has developed a unique mindset when it comes to the primaries, if only because the evangelical vote in Iowa has such a big impact. It plays such a large you know, percentage of the electorate that oftentimes the winner of the evangelical vote wins Iowa, but doesn't necessarily win anything else. Okay, and if you don't believe me, ask Ted Cruz or maybe even Rick Santorum, two guys who appealed to evangelicals but got smoked everywhere else in the country. Okay, Trump has a complicated relationship with evangelicals, But he has their support because he delivered pro-life Supreme Court justices that ultimately repealed Roe v. Wade. And, of course, the pro-life evangelicals really appreciate that. Trump did deliver on that one. Can't deny him that. And I think the two things heading into Iowa a lot of people don't get about, say, DeSantis, about Nikki Haley is—Haley's making traction. You know, she's getting by DeSantis in some areas— But she's not catching Trump in Iowa. It doesn't appear that way. And she's doing this creative thing where she's trying to thread the needle between managing expectations but being cautiously optimistic. And I think that what we're coming to realize is the kind of campaign they're running isn't nearly as impactful on this election as the kind of job Joe Biden is doing. Meaning every time Biden sucks, Trump gets a little bit better in the polls. Every time Trump gets indicted, it gets a little bit better in the polls. People see the ridiculousness. Okay? It's a weird thing when you're running against a president who's already served in office because you're selling yourself as a potential America, your potential energy. Trump is kinetic energy. He was in office for four years, and all the major indices were better. Okay? Economy. Border, crime, foreign policy, all better, all of them better under a guy like Donald Trump. That is correct. So when you're sitting here, you know, running for the White House as a Nikki Haley or a Ron DeSantis, yeah, you're catching all kinds of hell on Twitter. But let's be very clear. Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis would be exponentially better than Joe Biden. I'd sign for either one of them tomorrow, uh, tomorrow. You give me a President Nikki Haley, you give me a President DeSantis. Of course, I'll take a President Trump. But the point is, Biden is so historically unpopular, and they've done such a bad job of running this country the last three years, that it's almost impossible for people to walk away from Trump right now, uh, if ever, because they already know what a Trump presidency would look like. Yeah, it's chaotic. They're all going to get called Hitler for four years. But they don't care. They don't care what anyone on the left is yelling and screaming about. And I think the problem the Democrats are going to have is if they bump, you know, somebody like Biden off the ticket. Okay, that's a win because they have a situation where they can distance themselves from Biden policies. But I think what they're ultimately up against is in order for them to turn out the vote, they have to get a lot of people who actually like Biden's policies, meaning there are people out there, I mean about 25 percent of the population, 25 percent of the population thinks Joe Biden is doing a good job. They're crazy. OK, they're the environmental people. The environmentalists think Biden's crushing it right now. The pronoun people. Oh, God, they think he's crushing it. And, and he is. He's crushing it. Uh, and by it, I mean uh, our will to live. <laughs> he, he sucks but that's where Iowa's going to be so interesting. It's I don't know if Trump is beatable, if only because we know what his presidency will look like, and we know it's already better than Biden's. The truth is Haley would be better, DeSantis would be better, uh, and they may ultimately get to be better in four years or eight years if Trump serves one more term, but all of this stuff is so far up in the air right now till they start caucusing on Monday. But my expectation, if I was giving you a prediction is that Trump will win, Uh, but I expect a significant overperformance by two people, either Haley or Ramaswamy. Okay, DeSantis, I got to be honest with you, man. Too much of his appeal overlaps with what Trump does for him to really gain significant ground, in my opinion. Whereas Haley has a lane because of abortion, because of the women vote, Okay, that matters. And I think she has like a higher upside there than, say, DeSantis. Where Ramaswamy comes in is he is running a very young campaign. Very young. I mean, it's a new style. So a very new style of Republican campaign. I mean, he was voting for Democrats recently. So it's very new, (laughs) very new Republican style of campaign. But the point is, uh he is out there actively connecting with the youth vote, utilizing TikTok and social media in a way that none of them are. OK, he is an influencer running for president. He takes a lot of positions that are popular on Twitter. You know, they'll get you a lot of likes on Twitter. I don't know that they get you likes in the general election uh, or from rank and file voters who don't spend their life on social media. But I do think his reach is probably not reflected in polling Because he's reaching out to the type of people that don't get pulled. And that's where I think we've got a wild card element floating over our heads, you know, three days from now. Katie Pavlich, one of the people that will be covering it live on your television set, she joins us next to talk about it.
1: Watch Jimmy's new show Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel.
5: Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
2: Oh, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, radio's sharp-dressed man, taking those fashion talents over to the Fox News Channel tomorrow night at 10 p.m. It is Fox News Saturday night. But since we bumped in on ZZ Top, uh, we should head out to Tyler, Texas, where ZZ Top did all kinds of damage in Robin Hood Studios. Deb is on the line, a KTBB listener. Deb.
0: Hey, hey I, do you remember I met you? Right. I was the one that put you on the spot and asked you to finish your <clears throat> little spiel on um, how did you end? I don't care if you're a Republican mm-hmm. or Democrat. Just don't be a. Well, and I made you. Yep. Tell me.
2: Oh, I remember. Well, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the okay. truth for everyone listening is just because we need less of those words that I beep out. I don't mean the words. Again, I mean good. the people. I mean the people who embody those sentiments.
0: Right, exactly. But I just wanted to tell you that I am formerly from Iowa, oh. so I was a caucuser mm-hmm. when I was growing up and whatnot. And I'm really glad I don't have to be there because I'm living in Texas now, where it's warm. Oh,
2: good for so, you. Well, it's not really warm right <laughs> now, but warm anyway. Yeah. Um, and you, what do you think um, Trump's going to win?
0: I think he will. Okay. I think I've, I've been listening to some of the. Talk from different people, you know, and a lot of them are still strongly supporting him, and I will from Texas. So
2: that's good. Yeah. Well, here here's the thing: uh, the the conversation around Trump is going to be spun to his detriment, no matter what he does. Meaning, if Trump wins by thirty eight points, but he doesn't get fifty percent of the vote, they're going to be like, "See, he couldn't even break fifty percent," you know? Uh, or if right, Trump exactly. wins by twelve, which is substantial, the win's the win. They're still going to be like, oh, we underachieved. So there's no version of this the media is going to respond favorably to. Uh, but exactly, you, yeah. But what he has going for him is people who support Trump aren't taking cues from the media. You know, nobody exactly. is exactly. So you get yeah. it, uh, Deb. Will you be watching my show tomorrow night?
0: Absolutely. Oh, girl, I Deb. watch you every time you're on uh, oh, awesome. Field and other okay. ones, too.
2: So. That little fella. Well, uh, you're going to really get a kick out of the show. Buckle up. It's a, lot, it's a lot of fun, and I'm so excited that our people, Deb, you, me, everybody who comes and hangs out at these meet and greets, we got our own TV show. So enjoy it uh, and take a victory lap on the couch, okay?
0: All right, and thank you for taking my call.
2: Of course, girlfriend. Take care. There she goes. Deb and Tyler, Texas. Good egg. Me and Deb had a talk when we got together. Listen, man, if you listen to this show and you want to meet me, come out to one of these events, you really do feel like you're just hanging with like a long-lost pal because we know each other. We're all the same people on this on the show, just like kind of cool people, easygoing dudes, gals, everything in between who care about the country but want to have a good time. It's all we're doing, man. It's pretty straightforward. It's a cable news keg party, as we say.
1: reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy failer
2: is it ever and if the band sounds fired up it's because they are joining us now on the show a multimedia superstar and a general in the fail of fashion army who's got a work cut out for her because the fail of fashion army now has a saturday night tv show in prime time on the fox news channel joining me now to ask for a raise uh katie pavlich hey girl <laughs> The lead,
12: ger- the lead general got a promotion, and that's you. So yeah. I am going to be harshly criticizing – not criticizing, it's, watching
2: it's the, right the amazing
12: outfits that Jimmy comes up with for Saturday night I, if he see, hosts this new show. Yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah,
2: you're going to see some tasteful things. I think the bigger question is um, <laughs> are you going to do the show?
12: Obviously. Okay. I'm just... scheduled to come on, I think, next weekend.
2: Yes, you are, Katie Pavlich. Yes, yes you are.
12: Immediately jumped on that. No, Absolutely. you're supposed... Absolutely. I cannot you. wait. Dude, it's going to be so much fun. We're
2: going to burn it down, so thank you. Cause... I've
12: got a lot of boots to show off, you know, so <laughs> hopefully I'll be back a couple times.
2: <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, you're going to do – it. it's the – when you watch the first episode, because, like, what I'm doing is – I have like a different vibe. Like we kind of what we do on the show. It's going to be the most insane TV of your life is all I'm going to say. We're essentially (laughs) tomorrow night. I'm pretty sure we're taping the first and last episode at the same time. So don't, don't get too excited about next week until we get through tomorrow. (laughs) But I feel good, KP. I feel good.
12: I mean, I was thinking about the show and I was a little bit concerned that it may be a place of um, danger,
2: Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dan-
12: but uh, you know what? Uh-huh. We'll, we're gonna go for it.
2: You're damn right. You are. Dana. Dana's on this week, and we're doing an. I'm doing an off the meter with Dana. That's an old taxi thing where you nice. pull over and you talk to people about like band things. So Dana no. and I. Which In this instance, an in off-the-meter is like we're talking about, like, you know, people you made out with in seventh grade and stuff. Uh, and
12: you can remember that. I oh know. Well,
2: you know, Dave. she's got Perino brain. This is not a – we're not talking about a Jimmy Fallon Dana brain. Where didn't, yeah.
12: I doubt that Dana was making out with anyone. No, no, I, I just mean,
2: like, teenage crushes and stuff. No, you're right about that. She was if, – if the library was open, she was there. Exactly. Yeah. Every, exactly. Everybody else was playing spin the bottle. She was playing spin the card catalog. Let's find something else to read. Come on. Yep. Katie Pavlich <laughs> is on the line. America's a better place for it. Uh, we're three days from Iowa, KP. Uh, I've been told it's going to be cold. Uh, is, yeah. it, would that discourage the Katie Pavliches of the world? Like, do you expect the weather to impact this or no?
12: Okay. I'm not going to try to complain because we've got correspondence out there. Yeah, exactly. Negative 15 degrees. It's supposed to be negative 45 this what? weekend with the wind chill. What? And I'm going to Iowa on Sunday, and they're, like, sending these emails that say dress warm, dress in layers, and I'm, I'm like, I have gear for cold weather. I do not have gear for Antarctica, okay? (laughs) So we're going to do our best, but even people in Iowa who I know are saying we deal with snow and cold, but negative 45 with wind chills is pretty tough. But at the same time they worked really hard in these caucuses. They're excited, mm. raring to go. Oh. So, you know, there's a lot of peer pressure there too, yeah. you know, because the caucuses are people getting together in gyms and, community halls in these towns, and, you know, if someone wusses out because of the cold, they've got their (laughs) Iowa-hardy reputation on the line, right? So Uh I think people will probably pressure each other to to show up on
3: Monday night.
2: That's hilarious. Talking to Katie Pavlich, you'll watch her all over the Fox News channel covering the Iowa caucuses. Uh, I think if you're a resident of Iowa, you know, the excitement that Monday night represents is not who wins, it's that the TV commercials finally go away. (laughs) Exactly. Dude.
12: until they come back to the general election
2: <laughs> i know it's so funny it's like they though. never get a break those people though are watching ads i was told three years ago three years ago like exploratory committees start running like cursory ads but as of two years ago they're hitting they're watching ads constantly i mean i can't imagine like you, you can't you just can't outrun it
12: you can't outrun it you can't get away from it everybody's wondering who you're going to vote for we're probably getting a little bit bullied if you're voting for someone that people disagree with. Yep. Um, but you know, I mean, it is fun though. It's exciting. It's it's fun to watch. It's definitely but, something that's unique to America. It's Iowa goes first. It's, it's great.
2: Yeah, it's social media in person. That's what it is. He's <laughs> like, I'm voting for this guy. You're like, Yeah, right. You're an idiot. You know. And that's how yeah. social would work. But these are people doing it face. It's Twitter face to face. Could you imagine?
12: I mean, it is the Midwest, so people are a little more you know, mature and civil than Twitter, I would say, in Iowa. <laughs> oh. But once you maybe get up to other states, it's... like closer to New Jersey, for example, uh-huh. then the real Twitter comes to life.
2: <laughs> is there a bigger collection of broken people than Twitter?
12: No, I mean, it's really, it's bad. (laughs) It really is kind of a, it's like, let me jump into the cesspool today and open Twitter on my phone.
2: I always say Twitter is a fight club for people who don't want to get hit.
12: Yeah, it's a fight club for cowards, (laughs) for for, for people who have keyboard courage,
2: (laughs) keyboard courage fight club. But don't you love, like, there's people, there is a, a whole subset of people on there who aren't even listening to the conversations. Like, you could post a picture Where you're like, it's my dog's birthday. And someone will chime in, too bad Trump's going to jail. (laughs)
12: Wait, what? (laughs) Or or the other night when we had the town hall on Fox with Trump, Uh he said something about how George Washington was a very rich man. Mm -hmm. And I jokingly tweeted that, well, actually, it was his wife who he married who was the one with the money. Uh Uh-huh. And oh, of no all these didn't. people are like, well, they're married, so therefore they pool their money, and obviously <laughs> they share everything, so he's rich too. And I'm like, guys, it was just a joke <laughs> about how he married a rich lady. But like,
2: no, you're getting Wikipedia on, articles. Guys, let it go. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Katie Pavlich on the line. We're trying to restore order because the country, the country has lost its mind. So Fox News Saturday night is KP. We're calling it a cable news keg party. And the truth is, like, I'm happy to have liberals on. We'll make fun of them. We'll have a good time with them. But it's a hang. We need need to hang because, like, our party is the cool side. I haven't unfriended anybody over politics in my life. There are certainly people uh, I'd like to talk to a little bit less because they're unbearable. Uh, But I don't know that that's the hallmark of our party, which is like, no, I can't talk to that person anymore. Do you have any of those on your record?
12: Well, I just would hope that there is a hate lives here sign on your set. (laughs) So we can (laughs) counter all these hate has no home here signs. (laughs) Hate has a condo here. I think that hate hate is homeless right now, and we really need to give it a space to live. (laughs) So I think a sign on your set would be great, Um, just to start. But yeah, I mean, people, I haven't, you know, not defriended people over their Mm. their politics. But the left tends to... uh, to, to do the opposite. So I would give credit to liberals who come on your show because, like you said, it's it's a hang. It's going to be fun. People can up their fashion game. Yep. Um, you I, know, they can try and get into the, the Army. I'm not sure they're going to qualify. Recruitment <laughs> standards are high for the fail fashion military and mm-hmm. Army. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's gonna there happen. you
2: go. Well, uh, last but not least, and I guess the question becomes Iowa Monday night, uh, are we going to see you in Leopard Prince snow boots? Is that how we'll spot you on the set?
12: Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to be wearing fur no, and, happen. uh, a real fur, by the way. So yeah,
2: you are. That animals Did are the only s- warm thing available. You're such a badass, Pavlich. You are su- you really are. You're such a badass. Um. The
12: only thing that I can bring with me that qualifies as wear for Antarctica uh,
2: in <laughs> Iowa. So that's you know, the plan. I, I really do feel for you. And you know, the truth is like, uh, when you're watching the channel, I always laugh Uh, Because you can tell what type of assignments, you know, the kind of assignments dictate what they think of you. Like you're doing election coverage. The most prestigious thing you can do on our news channel is be doing election coverage on an election night. And that's where you rank. Like I'm getting sent down to like, you know, there's three guys dressed up as Spider-Man pretending to climb a building. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different level of prestige, if you will. Uh, but I well, think it's, it's going to be
12: great. Fox is going to have a great night of coverage. They've had an amazing week this week with all the town halls of yep. candidates, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump. Um, Vibra Kramaswamy has been pounding the the pavement or the ice, I would say Mm -hmm. in Iowa, uh, as you said, Iowans might be sick of it by now, but we're excited. We're going to have coverage starting actually this weekend. We're doing the big weekend show there on Sunday Mm -hmm. from Iowa. So it's going to be fun and, uh, we'll bring you the results. Looking yep. forward to seeing who shows up and what they do to convince each other to vote for the candidate of their choice. So we're yeah. off to the races. I can't believe it's 2024 already. It's, here. I
3: mean, it's my sick. life
12: is planned in election cycles, which is, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> it might be kind of a sad thing, well, but here it's, you
2: go. It's crazy because, like, the 2020 election just never ended. You know, we've we've we fought over it every day since and everything in between. So you're right. We're just we're, we're, We are stuck on a cable news hamster wheel right now. Uh, yep. but it's, it's, it's a fabulous hamster wheel and they've got all kinds like of it. nice accoutrements in the cage. So we're not complaining. Uh, exactly. good stuff, KP, give them hell. And I will see you on the TV set. Young lady.
12: Yeah, we'll see you too. Good luck with your show, Jimmy. I'll Looking hit. forward to, to yep. seeing it and also being a participant.
2: Damn right. You are. All right. I'll make you proud. <laughs> see you soon.
12: Talk to you soon.
2: Great Katie Pavlich. Best of the best. People.
1: A show so good, it's hard to describe.
2: It's not a matter of, it's a matter of,
3: you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and uh, you know.
1: It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. It is Fox
3: Across
2: America with Jimmy Fallon. Doing the dang thing. 888-788-9910. Taking on all calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, the whole barnyard jamboree. Scott in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yo, Scott. Jimmy, what's up, buddy? You know what, man? I'm fired up. I got a radio show to host, a TV show to host. It's a mess over here, but we're ready to rumble.
6: You know, I was talking with Mikey about party lines, and I don't know when it started to be so one-sided and the other-sided because if all these people were in like an eighth grade class the teacher would be like do you realize that all of you on this side of the room vote or took the test and had the same exact answer and all of you on this side and she'd be like you're all cheating I mean yeah. if if none of them knew what anybody else's uh, vote was going to be mm-hmm. they would be peeking over the desks and looking at each other trying to figure it out
2: yeah, it's, listen, man, I I laugh okay, and it's a it's a good analogy. Uh, but I laugh at the division in this country right now in a weird way because the issues we're fighting over in the modern era are the same issues we were fighting over 30 years ago. Like we've always fought about the border, gun control, stuff like that. Uh, it's now the social media element of this, and the fact that a lot of these politicians, as you know, don't really want to solve these problems because they're more valuable to run on. And because of that, the people that are really beholden to party lines, uh, you know, can't get anything done. That's why we can't coexist anymore. It's because the conflict is better for the politicians. That's why I come on the air and I'm, you know, making balloon animals and doing card tricks and trying to give people a chance to get along, you see.
6: You're, you're exactly right. And I, I don't know if this is the right word, but I think like you're the homogenizer.
2: <laughs> you're, you're, That's
1: funny.
6: You're bringing you're bringing the middle together because I think there's a lot more middle out there than than what is seen. Yeah, um, it is. But I think you're doing a
2: main job, my man. Well, I appreciate that. I'll have you in my hey, next contract negotiation. Thank can you. Can I? Yeah, go ahead.
6: Can, as, when I when you let me go here, can I just do a little burn on you? With oh yeah, I would love ball? it. Let's go. All right, you ready?
2: Uh huh. Jimmy, where's your ball?
6: Where's your ball,
2: Jimmy? Go get it. Get your ball, Jimmy. <laughs> You, brother. <laughs> a dog with a job there he goes yeah. funny stuff
6: get him out of here get him
2: out I'm kidding Scotty's funny so uh the analogy of me being a dog with a job I always say you know when you go to the airport and uh I'm always amazed even enthused and, and amused by the dogs who sniff the bags at the airport you know the dog sniffing the bag at the airport if you ever notice When you go to the airport, the dog is always wagging its tail and he's always got a smile on his face because he can't believe they're counting on him to save the plane. And that's how I see TV and radio. Like I'm always in a good mood. My tail's always wagging because I can't believe they're counting on me to save the plane. But I will say this. I had a funny moment. Uh, Me, Jenny, and Lincoln were flying to St. Louis. And as happens a lot in airports, people recognize me from Fox and they're very nice. Very nice. But in this particular instance, it was LaGuardia Airport, and they had the drug-sniffing dog uh, walking past everybody's bags. So as we're walking through the security security area, uh, the guy handling the dog – actually goes, hey, Phala. He's like, I watch you on Fox all the time. I love you. I go, dude, how much funnier is this conversation if your dog finds drugs in my bag and now you have to arrest me? <laughs> He's like, can I get a selfie? I oh, Actually, hold up. I've got a mug shot instead. I don't need the selfie. It's fine. Uh, but no, we did get the drugs onto the plane successfully. I kid. Uh, point being is you should be a dog with a job everywhere you go. That's the hook, man. People want to be around people that make them feel good. It's a lot of negativity, especially, you know, when it comes to this election right now. Oh, my goodness gracious. It is. You ever seen such negative campaigning oh, in your life? Dirtiest campaign I ever remember. Oh, it's so bad. It's uh, so bad. Uh, Nobody talks uh, anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, mm. <laughs> that would be considered like a moderate if you said that now. Oh, that's it? Just toxic drinking water to kill the children? You know, our politics are so far gone. So far gone, okay, in terms of how people treat each other, and that really is the origin source for all the division. But we get on the air, you know, and we try to have a little chit-chat, little conversation. We try to, you know, yuck it up, talk about things, and uh, it seems to be working because there is an appetite. Okay, for that sort of thing. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people who see it the other way. They enjoy the conflict. It's almost like a sexual turn on for them. Here's Premier Jayapal, the congresswoman making that case. Clip 24.
4: But if we're going to talk about outrageous things that have happened or things that have never happened, let's talk about the fact that President Trump incited an erection.
2: uh, Whoa! (laughs) whoa.
3: What the the hell did you say? (laughs) Whoa! Yeah, you can talk about that too, I guess.
4: Maybe we should talk about that too. The president incited an insurrection. Whoa!
3: What we've got here is failure to communicate.
2: (laughs) Ha ha ha! Uh, you have to forgive Pramia pal. I don't know that she's ever inspired an erection in her life. I think he's got a part. So uh, not exactly a strong suit. But uh, as we sit here having the conversation that we're having, okay, you realize it's a divisive politics. Not because of, like, goofballs like me who want to make fun of politicians and be silly, you know, clown the other side. But coexist with them. It's divisive because they want it that way. This is the thing about establishment politicians, okay? They're not in the you and me business. They're in the establishment politician business, okay? Issues are far more valuable if they go unsolved. We need more money for this. If you all, you want us to solve? Well, we need more money. Oh, you want us to solve? The, we need more votes. You know, that's what they run on. And it's a good business model for them. And when we spend our whole lives hating each other, Republicans just hate Democrats. I'm not voting Democrat, I hate Democrats. Democrats, but I hate Republicans, I'm not, I'm not talking to them, can't come to my party. I didn't go to Thanksgiving this year because so there was a Republican that was going to be there. People are doing that in their families. It's psychotic. It's gross. Okay, but the politicians love that because there's no expectation of them working together. They're supposed to be compromising to represent the interests of both parties and the betterment of the country, but they can't do it. Okay, because a lot of people, if you work with the other side, oh, you're a rhino. Look at this guy. Okay, but folks, there's never in America, there never was, there never will be, where one party just got their way on everything for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. It just doesn't work that way. We have to compromise to make progress. But we can't make progress because our politicians don't have to deliver it to them. Okay, deliver it to us in order to continue to get our support. That's the problem with making politics a team sport. If it's just like, I just need to beat the other side. I don't care what happens. I just need to beat the other side. Okay, you might beat the other side, but you don't actually improve anything in the country because the minute they win the election, they can just go back to fighting over all the divisive things, blaming the other guy for fixing none of it and continuing to fundraise and continuing to ask for more votes.
1: Live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: There's our guy, Fired up on a Friday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. It is you and me time. So buckle up, Buttercup. 888-788-9910. Are we having any big, splashy Friday guests? The answer would be no. No, man. Uh, we are just going to spend some time. Got a couple of things that I need to get into. Get them off my chest. One of which is if you're out in northern Nevada. Okay. Uh, You know, the Carson Nugget, where I appear and do stand-up from time to time during the year. No, I'm not on my way back there this month. But, 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 Saturday night, January 7th, uh, excuse me, the 27th. uh, Saturday night, January the 27th. Okay, Ryan Reese, the guy who was the opening act on my Fox News stand-up special. They're just jokes. A guy I started out with in comedy, like literally met... My first day in comedy, Ryan Reese, uh, who has the highest security clearance in the Fela administration, will be at the Carson Nuggets Saturday night, January the 27th. No! Go see Ryan. Buy some tickets. Hang out in the casino. My man Jerry Evans will probably be in the house. Ha- you know, they're not messing around out there. They not throw you a good time. And the thing about Ryan is, Ryan, not only will Ryan do a comedy show with you, Ryan's the kind of guy who'll gamble, and then he'll go to the Bunny Ranch with you when it's over.
11: Oh, yes. I've read about that in the
2: Bible. So there you go. You got options. Saturday night, January the 27th out there in northern Nevada. If you want to see me, these are the dates for the Everybody Calm Down Tour. And then you didn't hear this from me, but we're actually going on tour with my TV show as well. Fox News Saturday Night is going to do a little traveling. We're going to do the show live uh, from other parts of the country. We're working on something uh, called the America the Beautiful Tour. Murica with an apostrophe. My people. The ones who say Murica. You're my people. Uh, Friday, March 1st, we're in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Friday, March 1st. Saturday, March 2nd, Sacramento, California. Friday, March 8th, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Saturday, March 9th, dig this. We sold out already in Ponte Vedra in the concert hall. They are adding an early 5 p.m. show on Saturday, March 9th. Those tickets will go on sale early next week. Uh, Friday, March the 29th, we are in Helena, Montana, Saturday, March 30th, Spokane, Washington, then Friday, April 5th, Federal Way, Washington, Saturday, April 6th, Boise, Idaho, and of course the big one, the East Coast finale of the Everybody Calm Down Tour is Saturday, May 18th at the Schubert Theater in Boston, Massachusetts with all the mass holes, going to be a great time. But right now, it, uh, it is radio time. That's kind of what I do for a living. That's the job description. Uh, we are three days from Iowa. There's a lot to get in there. If you've got to take, who's going to win? Uh, who's going to surprise us? Uh, we know who's not going to win.
1: Chris Christie. Here it is, clip 12. Tonight, even though I'm suspending this campaign, I am not going away. And my voice is not going away. And I'm going to continue to say all the things that I've said And whatever whatever platforms are permitted to me as we go forward, the very same things and new things that I'm sure I will have the opportunity to comment on as we go forward. Because I'm not going to be part of the generation that gives this country away.
2: So there you go. Chris Christie's going to keep fighting the good fight. That's Chris Christie.
3: There's a slob. There's a real slob.
2: Ah, come on. Christie also... And I love every one of these speeches. When somebody suspends their campaign, yeah, we're suspending the campaign, but our movement, it's just beginning. (laughs) Yeah, their movement to the bar, their movement to an all-inclusive with what's left of the money. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. There's going to be some movement. Uh, but there's no actual movement. That's the point. But I love every one of these speeches when they like pack a gym and they cheer. Well, you know, running for president, you know, not the result we wanted. And While my campaign is ending, our mission to save this country just getting started. Stir- <laughs> Shut up. Why do you have to do that to us? But in any event, that's where we find ourselves. Our movement is just beginning. My TV show launches tomorrow night. Uh, Doug is on the line in Big Flats, New York, with some thoughts on the matter. Doug. Jimmy. My man. I'm
5: honored to speak to you, man.
2: Oh, wow. That's a big deal. I've
5: got a Jimmy Fallon wish list now that you have your big TV show. Oh, whoa. They're already
2: rolling in for the favors. Let's go. What do you got?
5: (laughs) Well, congratulations. I'm happy for you and your family, but I'm really excited for all of us. Oh, thanks. uh, I think think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see what you do with it.
2: Oh, my man. Great. Well, here's the bottom line. 10 o'clock. Get on that couch. We're going to drive it like we stole it. That's all I can promise you, but you better be there because I need the ratings, champ. I'm
5: going to I'm gonna DVR it and play it out of a loop. All right. <laughs> Make it required viewing. So, yeah. So my wish list, real quick, I got four things. Okay. The audio montages that you do on the radio, man, I hope you bring them to TV with you the video component because it mm-hmm. would be powerful as hell. Mm-hmm. Second, the parody commercials, Ooh. the Bidenica, the Trump uh, help, self-help seminars. I'd love to see that like Saturday Night Live used to do back when they were funny. Okay, I'm listening. Third thing. With the new TV show, please, please, please don't leave your radio show because it's never so great to never, have. You never, ever, three ever. We're really going depth. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> and the most important is don't ever stop doing stand up and meeting the people. No way, Doug. I,
2: I am a man of the people. I'll be out there with you.
5: All right. Because I've come to, I've driven three hours to Utica, six hour round trip, three times to see you and had a love blast it. every time.
1: Oh, hot, damn. And I
5: absolutely love it. And the people that haven't come to see you yet, they got to do it because. You're right. You get down. You talk to Jimmy, and you a, do know him. It's, you it's damn right you do, Doug. Thank you. I mean, honestly,
2: it's gotta be a, Doug, consider thing for you because yeah, you're just meeting us for the first. Time, it's nuts, But, but consider like yourself, consider yourself my new agent. You got the gig. Great call from Doug. More of your calls after this on Fox Across America.
1: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
7: I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I have been informed by Mikey that we have a mystery guest calling into the show. We've never done one of these before, so wish me luck. Mystery guest, where are you?
11: I'm right here. Hello, Jimmy. Yes? Uh, you told me uh, anytime you want to call, call me in. Call, call in and uh, to, to talk. And I know you have a big show coming up tomorrow night. And uh, me, my whole family, will be uh, listening.
7: And I just have a, uh, a question for you. Have they figured <laughs> out that your name's Fela, not Failya? <laughs> Good
2: for you. Good for about you, about Holton. Ago,
7: somebody was calling you Jimmy Failia.
2: What a dirtbag.
7: of course, it was during fail I think <laughs> they finally figured it out by now. Do you, don't you?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, listen. <laughs> <If> there, <laughs> It's like if they're pronouncing it right in my commercial, actually, it's me actually pronouncing it in my commercial. So I guess that's why it's right. But uh, yeah, Holton, the takeover has begun. Thanks for calling in. This is hilarious. I was really iffy because I don't actually trust Mikey's judgment on anything. So when you were doing like the old Asian woman impression, I assumed it was an old Asian woman. And Mikey was like, "No, no, you're gonna like it." You know, I, I heard you say you like General Sal's chicken, so you'll like it if I put you on the phone with an old Asian woman that you can't understand. Mikey's capable of that. Um, thanks for calling in. How are you uh, living? You fired up for the premiere?
7: Oh, absolutely, man. I uh, I'm just uh, I'm stoked for you. You you got uh, you got television going on. You got the book. You sold out live events. You got the special. You got your maiden voyage um, t- tomorrow night,
8: Oh and, and
7: the press is just carpet bombing.
2: Yeah, carpet bombing
7: nice. on ESPN. It's radio, television. Mm-hmm. It's it's you're on every thirty seconds. It seems like which it's not wonderful.
2: You know, I'm sick of so, my. I'm uh, sick of me too. I'm sick of myself as well. Oh no, no, <laughs> I'm, no, kidding, no I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. No. Uh,
7: but um, and I understand you're going to be. Uh, I'm going to be sending you a copy of a magazine to autograph for me. Here in
2: the near future. Oh, I love it. Cover oh, Forbesies. Of- I don't. I. I wonder. I should ask if that was Printer Online. I bet. it must be both, right? That's how Forbes works.
7: I have have no idea. All right, I, I would think so.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll ask. I didn't ask questions. I just answered them. No, <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> but it was fun. No, it's going to be rad, man. I'm. I'm really excited, and I think you're going to be thrilled because I know how that show is going to go already. Because uh, you know, I have like my little manifesto and that's very uh-huh. much what this show is going to be cloaked in. So what you should do, check it out. I'm sure we'll talk offline afterwards oh. or Oh
7: yeah. but uh, I'm I'm very interested in off the meter.
2: Oh, you like that. Idea.
7: Is it still in the final mix?
2: Oh yeah, it's there, buddy. It's going down. You'll see uh very cool. some Dana Perino action. Like we're going to listen, it's it's we're playing awesome. prison rules. We're playing prison rules. <laughs> but uh <laughs> even there oh, are even it, cameos it like you stole it. yep like you better it believe it. it girlfriend you're going to be surprised by some of the cameos that's all i'll say uh good well, stuff Holty on
1: uh,
7: multi multi devices
2: multi oh i love this
7: around the Holton home
2: are you getting me the extra Absolutely. ratings that way hey if you are uh, well i got you on the phone since you were nice enough to call in as an asian woman um <laughs> Thank which we you, always Jimmy. we always appreciate uh are you smoking any pedrones
7: I am not smoking padrones. Um I I ha- I don't have that uh luxury or whatever i smoke too many cigars
2: to uh oh that's to, true because that would be it, it would be it'd be wildly uh, unaffordable be a
7: whole bundle for me bubba no
2: i had a li- i get it no i had a listener clay who got me a box of Patron's. like padrones i gotta get you a padron oh, clay did nice. me good so
7: i, I have a padrones box <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that's what i was offering i wasn't offering cigars i was offering oh, no, <laughs> i'm kidding I, I,
7: I, no i already have the box but thank you anyway
2: you're the best can you answer some movie questions while i have you on the phone sure why not? We don't get to talk movies enough on this show, Holton. You know that. Uh oh, we, yeah. we the American, the American people deserve more movies. Give them uh and they're they're very well attuned to you. Uh Mark Holton is on the line. You guys have seen him in Teen Wolf. Uh, the greatest film of all time, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, certainly all the Leprechaun films, The Naked Gun. He's the one who spots Enrico Palazzo in the crowd. I know I'm omitting uh, a substantial part of your catalog. Okay, Little Giants, of course. But the point is, uh, you as a movie guy, give this audience, let's figure out a movie everybody should watch that might prepare them for the launch of my show tomorrow night. Is there a movie we could think of that's some type of madcap comedy... That might get you there. The reverse is I would just tell people to watch Taxi Driver because that is a very accurate movie. (laughs) And you might have some appreciation of going from a taxi driver to whatever the hell this is we're calling me now. Um, And Taxi Driver might give you some perspective.
7: Oh, And then, you know, you would really appreciate the comedy after watching Taxi Driver. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I think you just picked your own film, Betty. There it that's is. It's a, a great idea.
2: I did a Hannity. I asked you a question, answered it for you, now I'll throw you off the line. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> tell Sean. Uh, uh ta- that would be my that would be my go to, Holton. Um I'd probably watch I would probably watch Taxi Driver. I mean the show Taxi wouldn't be far off.
7: Right. Well, I don't know. I, you know, any, anything to get you in the mood, you want to watch something either happy mm-hmm. uh, and to make it, you know, it's going to be funnier after, after, after that, you don't want to watch uh, something that's going to uh, upstage your, uh, your maiden voyage. Now. That's true. So I'm not going to throw out some names that, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how, how successful this is going to be tomorrow night, but I tell you what, all the, all the, uh, all the ingredients are there for a, uh, for a, a slam dunk.
2: Yeah, no you know. we're gonna shut it down. I
7: I know I know you I know you you already know how it's gonna go. Oh no, so, it's
2: it's gonna be epic. So I'm telling you now, you've heard it here first. Uh bet the over. There's gonna be a lot happening and it's gonna the show is gonna move. Like it's really gonna move. So buckle up. Um
7: Well, you, you earned that spot and I'm glad you have it so I can actually watch the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs>
7: Uh-oh, uh I don't want to get myself in trouble here.
1: That's
2: really but, uh, funny.
7: But you earned, that po- you earned that spot, man.
2: Oh, yeah, no, it's not easy to take hostages and blackmail executives. You're damn right I earned it. It's, you know, it's 2024 with all the cameras around to take effective hostages. I mean, come on, I, you're right, I did, I earned it. Uh, Holton, <laughs> uh, I will find you on the cigar side of town, uh, my, you know, tomorrow, next day. Uh, and maybe after you watch the premiere we can talk about it and give me some notes. You being an actual showbiz guy, maybe you can give us some direction.
7: Ah, I I got it. I'm I'm sure I'll just have uh, nothing but praise.
2: Oh, you're the best. All right, rock and roll. Well, I'll see you from Cigar Town, one way or the other.
7: All right, man, I love you.
2: Love you more. There he goes, the great Mark Holton. Go watch Holton. Go watch Team Wolf. It's so great. Or if he's Francis, he steals Pee-wee Herman's bicycle in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. How about that? And he says Pee-wee's the bad guy. You can't just
3: make up lies about people.
2: Okay, well, he was willing to. That was the thing. But uh, Mark Holton, of course, plays Francis in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which is, you know, to me, just a seminal film. But if you were trying to prep for my show tomorrow, I mean, you want to know what I'll be doing before the show? I'll be gambling and watching football. I'm going to be watching the NFL playoffs. But NBC has put the late game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins on Peacock. Which means you have to subscribe to their service in order to watch the game. That's just how white folks will do you. They've never had a f- an NFL playoff game behind a paywall. Okay, this is a first. You got to pay for the service or you don't get the game. A little bit of a scam. But I'll tell you why they're doing it. This is epic, man. This is why you listen to this show. Uh, I have real, like, I have it's it's real insight you get in here. Okay, this matters. Okay, so the NFL is screwing Taylor Swift fans. Straight up screwing Taylor Swift fans. This is who this is aimed at. They're specifically using the Chiefs game to put behind a paywall. Why? Because Taylor Swift fans, who buy anything she's a part of, understand this is, okay, the pivotal moment so far in the Travis Taylor relationship. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift have been dating. Tens of millions of Taylor Swift fans, tens of millions of Taylor Swift fans, okay, have gravitated to the NFL to start watching her during games, reacting when he makes a catch, scores a touchdown, they win, they lose. She's all over the camera. So all of these people who are constantly shelling out 10 bucks here, 80 bucks there, you know, her tour made her a billion dollars. Okay, the people who buy everything she does. If Taylor Swift were to fart in a jar, she'd make a billion dollars. What the hell did you just say? I mean, just from Mikey alone, probably the first half a billion. But the point is, okay, Taylor Swift cannot walk out the door of her house without 10 million people throwing their money at her. So all the NFL did is they specifically took the Chiefs game, scheduled it in primetime because they knew they could drive people to Peacock That would watch the game. But in theory, what they're doing is they're screwing over the regular football fan in return for the people who don't even care about the NFL, meaning the Taylor Swift fans. So they're getting shaken down for more money. But it's the NFL fan who's actually getting screwed if he wants to watch the Chiefs play the Dolphins. Works out if you're like launching a Saturday night TV show like I am, because we ain't behind no paywall on Fox News tomorrow night. But the NFL is. But that's why I would never, you know, I don't like it. I mean, you watch Fox Across America, you know, become a TV show called Fox News Saturday Night. The only thing it's going to cost you is your dignity. Other than that, (laughs) the show is free. We're giving it away. But that's an NFL racket, and that's real. And everybody keeps talking about, like, it's not good. They're putting it behind Peacock. But nobody's talking about why. Why? It's a specific team. This is not a relevant story, and it's not a move if they're doing it for, like, Packers, Cowboys. I mean, it matters. Cowboys, America's team. You know, Green Bay obviously has a huge fan base. But it doesn't matter in the, sta- uh, in the sense that there's a Taylor Swift carryover. Okay? Taylor Swift's relationship with Travis Kelsey has allowed the NFL and NBC to rip off millions of fans who will go watch that game just to see how Taylor reacts when Travis wins or loses. That's what's going on right now. So if you're a football fan hoping to watch that game, they're screwing you over so they can rip off Taylor Swift's fans who will be watching Travis Kelsey hit a home run because they have no idea what goes on in football.
1: Tell them like it is. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: There it is. Back in action. It is Friday. You just so happen to live in the greatest country in the world. Freedom! You got a lot going for you, pal. You know, you might have got your ass handed to you by your job this week or, you know, some type of thing you're trying to pull off. Uh, But the point is, there's no rule that says this can't be a phenomenal weekend. Uh, Whether you're working or not, And go out and find fun anywhere. That's the whole point of being alive. Uh, My suggestion, of course... Is 10 p.m. Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time on the Fox News channel. We uh, start the maiden voyage of Fox News Saturday night. And what I would tell you guys on the radio, the people that have been with me since day one, is you've never seen anything like this before, but it's going to look very familiar, if only because it's the spirit of what we do here on the show. And I think every comic listening, and everybody listening to the show for the first time, we're on so many commercials right now. Like, that show, that commercial is running on, like, ESPN. on running on, like, ABC, NBC, CBS. It's everywhere, okay? We're on these billboards in Times Square. It's really cool, okay? But if you know me, you know the things I care about, are like, when it comes to comedy, is just I want everybody to laugh, I want everybody to have a good time. So it's not going to be, like, a, you know, a culture war show. Like, we're not fighting with liberals on the show. So for those of you who just, like, hate Jessica Tarloff, uh, you're going to have a rough hour from time to time because we're going to bring her on and have fun with her because – the truth is uh, if you want to do comedy effectively, it should, be unite, it should unite people. doesn't mean you can't say things that attack one group or the other. We're fine, but it's got to be comedy. It can't be coming from a place of malice. can't be coming from a place of activism. And that's where late-night comedians are failing the country, like straight up. Okay, late-night comedy, which used to be the common culture where we put away our differences at the end of the day to just laugh at headlines and each other and talk about celebrities, they actually gave away the monopoly on late-night comedy by turning it into a partisan f- a food fight. you know, And that is solely, solely attributable to Stephen Colbert. So Colbert, who was playing a character on Comedy Central, got the gig to replace David Letterman, Letterman, who's a little more politically active now, I'm not saying he's going to rallies or anything, but, you know, he'll known to make a comment once every 18 months. Uh, he's certainly not doing what Colbert is doing, which is every single monologue, like, 99 times out of 100. It's a Trump joke. You gotta do better than that! But understand, Colbert, when he was brought in to replace Letterman, was being asked to go from a character he played on Comedy Central. On Comedy Central, he had a show where he was pretending to be a conservative pundit on cable news and, like, making fun of conservatives, and it worked. It was like a shtick, and they liked it because they hated conservatives on Comedy Central, and they thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Well, when he got The Letterman Show, he was now going to be performing in his own character, just being asked to be a straight-up comedian who could carry a show. Okay, and unfortunately, uh, woo. Colbert was bombing. Colbert was going to get canceled. CBS hosted a Super Bowl, gave Colbert a live show after the Super Bowl, and nobody watched the thing. Nobody watched the thing. They didn't think it was any good. Get him out of here. Get him out. He just has like a snarky type of side, and it's just really loathsome like, for me to watch personally. Like, I don't like that style. I don't doubt that millions of people do, and comedy is very subjective, so I'm not calling him a bad man. I am not wishing him ill. I'm just telling you I have a hard time digesting him comedically and thinking he's any good at all. That's it. Just, again, if I meet him tomorrow, I'd say hello and probably, hopefully have a nice time talking to him because I'm not, you know, cut out to do the other thing. But the truth is, when he was tanking as a comedian, okay, The Trump thing came in and not only saved him because it boosted his relevance as the guy that was like, well, I'll show you. I'll be MSNBC on CBS. But you're like, all right, so you're going to be MSNBC on CBS. Are you going to bring any jokes? No. Colbert set back the late night industry when he danced with vaccine needles in an infomercial for Big Pharma. That was embarrassing. Oh, it really was embarrassing. But you understand why was he doing it, because he is an activist masquerading as a comedian. A good comedian should not be on stage worrying about whether or not his jokes will get you to vote a certain way. Because jokes are apolitical. Jokes are just supposed to be something anyone has access to in the name of finding a laugh, which is the greatest feeling you can come across legally. Uh, Illegal. Man, pitched a few innings back in my day, but let's stay focused here. OK, the problem with late-night comedy now, OK, is because in the election year of 2016, Colbert pivoted and went from the lowest-rated late-night host to suddenly beating Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, who's sweet as pie the major problem drinker, like he's a syrup. like, wow! But he's as sweet as pie, and he was doing a variety show with the, with the Roots. So they were singing and dancing and playing these cutesy childhood instruments, and they were funny, and people liked them. And uh, the show was crushing it in the ratings. His Tonight Show was crushing Colbert. But then Jimmy Fallon had Trump on. Dun, dun, da, And everybody was like, oh, hell no! Jimmy Fallon normalized Donald Trump. He's literally Hitler. And Jimmy Fallon made it seem okay. That was the reaction. Never mind, because why? Fallon must Trump's hair. He interviewed him like you do on a late night show. You don't bring a guy on a late night show to be like, why are you the devil? You bring him on so you can show us the person behind the politics. That's why you do it. You give the audience entree into what this guy's real in-person vibe is like. That's what a late night show is supposed to do. Jimmy Fallon did that. He did his job as a comedian. And then the media went bananas on Jimmy Fallon like he had committed some type of a crime. The media is a bunch of losers. But what did he do to stay in their good graces from there? He immediately became, he immediately became a liberal activist comic.
3: That was absolutely dreadful.
2: Oh, it's awful every night. And it's really funny. Like, we're here already. Like, we're just about here. I was a cab driver, obviously a comedian. On the night I met my wife, 2003, she thought she's, you know, I thought I was going to see Jimmy Fallon. You know, you hear the name. It sounds similar. Jimmy Fallon being a much bigger deal in 2003. Uh, would any argue that Jimmy Fallon's a bigger deal now? The answer would be no. No, he is. Of course he is. He hosts The Tonight Show. But you can, I mean, it's obviously there's a little bit of a, a shift going on right now. There's a groundswell behind what we do because we're uniquely suited for this moment. I'm not telling you I'm good. I'm not telling you I know what I'm doing. I'm just telling you it's a moment for the everyman. And, you know, you're one of the everymen, okay? It's really, I shouldn't assume anyone's gender in the audience. You're in every them. It's an every them moment. Okay, but we shouldn't be in a position to ever close the gap on somebody like Jimmy Fallon, who is genuinely talented and does have The Tonight Show, the legacy of Johnny Carson, Steve Allen, you know, Jack Park, guys like that. But the reason we are is in a lot of ways he got away from doing what really distinguished him as a variety act and got sucked into a political lane because that's what Hollywood demanded of everybody that wanted to be employed in a position of prominence. But in doing so, not only did that elevate Colbert in the ratings, because now it was just who can be the best, snarkiest, you know, insufferable liberal comedy show. okay? but it took common culture away from the masses, because I don't know if you watch a lot of Jimmy Kimmel, but he's right there, too. Jimmy Kimmel every day of the Trump administration was doing the Trump's Hitler thing. Jimmy Kimmel every day of the pandemic was shilling for Big Pharma. With no regard for the fact that Trump, the guy he wants you to believe is the devil, is the one that brought that vaccine to market. Isn't it weird how politically transactional we've become? But this is only possible, okay, if the pillars that hold this country together and would traditionally call out politically expedient, shameless pivots like the ones a lot of people engaged in in elected office. And when late night was powerful, when late night was common culture, it could do that. Okay, but nowadays, late night has no impact because it's just, you know, what we now know it to be, which is just a partisan circle jerk. Everybody's just hanging out. Yeah, the Republicans, are bad. Uh, They're racist, right? They're like transphobes. Like these people that don't want a grown biological man in a bathroom with their young daughters. They're so filled with hate. I wish they just realized it. And you're like, no, you idiot they recognize the potential danger in a lot of the policies putting forth. I mean, seriously. You talk about fashion trends, just fashion trends. Like you look back on the 70s, people are like, wow, I can't believe I wore bell bottoms. But people are going to look back on this day and age when it comes to trends and be like, I can't believe I cut my <laughs> off. Yeah, no, I, I cut it right off. I can't believe it. I cut my <laughs> off. Yeah, no, that's what I did. I don't know that that fashion trend's going to end well, you guys. i got to be honest. It's a... Uh, Man, but the reality of the world we're living in is that comedy isn't being deployed properly. And so guys like Colbert embrace the reality, okay? And in their head, they think, they sell, they stand by the side that believes men are having babies, Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. That's a biological statement of fact. And when political parties abandon fact, fact, they abandon fact. Okay. Late night comedians are supposed to be throwing that challenge flag. And we're supposed to have a middle ground as a country and the middle ground is not based on who you voted for; it's based on whether you're sane or you're not sane. Correct the mundo. Okay, if you're sane, you acknowledge the reality that men can't have babies. They can't. It is biologically impossible for a man to have a baby. You guys ever been to a male baby shower? You know, you you know. The answer would be no. You're like, damn, I was going to watch college football but I got invited to Artie's baby shower. (laughs) Sorry. I was going to, yeah, no. We were going to go fishing on Sunday, but Tony's having a baby, so we couldn't. That doesn't happen. But when one political side is now advancing things that are biologically, physically, scientifically untrue, and late-night comedy isn't calling out the farce, it becomes that much easier for these intellectual fallacies to be advanced as fact. You know, we used to clown people in power that were committing, you know, factual atrocities before our eyes in terms of the way they were murdering truths. Okay, Late Night was there to clown that. Do you think there's a world where Johnny Carson isn't making fun of the idea that people are now asking... a? sexual reassignment surgery for five-year-olds, 10-year-old, 12-year-old? You don't think he's making fun of those people? You think he's giving them a free pass? Okay, you understand he didn't have to make fun of these people because they didn't exist. This is a manufactured movement. It's a manufactured civil rights movement. That's what the left sees the transgender community as. It's less than 1% of the population, but they want to use it To reconfigure 100% of the population in order to accommodate their worldview in that community. They're crazy. And we would have spent every minute of a late night show calling that out in the 80s. We would have spent every minute calling it out in the 90s. Okay, my show is not going to be activist in that regard. But if something ridiculous is going on in the news, we're absolutely going to make fun of it because that's what comedy is supposed to be. It's supposed to unite the sensible against the nonsensical that's what comedy is supposed to be that's what we're going for tomorrow night it doesn't even mean i'm any good at this like i said it just means i understand what this is for you dig like if i were to hand my producer mikey a blow-up doll he would know what it was for oh would he ever correct the mundo okay but the point is it's the same for comedy So let me open up this valve and inflate things a little more. We'll be back after this.
1: Watch Jimmy's new show Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel.
5: Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you?
2: There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Heading into the weekend, away we go. You'll see me on the Sean Hannity Show tonight in the 9 p.m. hour. Sean, the longest-running host in cable news, uh, bringing on the newest host in cable news, uh, myself. It's still weird to say. It's crazy. I like doing the show. It's fun, but it's like weird to explain my life to people. It really is. And people like, what do you do for a living? Like, what do I say? Like, I host a TV show, but then I could say I host a radio show. Like, so I could say I host a TV show and radio. Then I sound like arrogant. And then I say like, but I'm also a comedian. <laughs> but I also have a book coming out. But I'm also a fluffer for Pete Hegseth. I mean, I do a lot of jobs here at Fox. You know, the point is, it's tough having to work them all into the conversation. So people say like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I hold the country together. That's what I do for a living. I'm a glue. I'm a radio TV glue because I'm just a regular dude like you. You know what I'm doing when this is over today? Oh, I got a few more radio interviews I got to do, promotional stuff, and then I'll be on with Hannity, and then I am going home and I am eating everything. I am starving. <laughs> it's not good. You know that Friday that, that Friday mood when the, the week is just taking the fight out of you, and I feel, you know, I'm good, but I'm hungry. Uh, it is not good uh, where this is headed because, you know, your radio buddy is supposed to be slimming down for the TV.
1: Put that cookie down now.
2: Yeah, I think they're bringing that guy back. I, th- I think by Monday because I think the dam might burst because, like, I did this the old fashioned way. I'm not on Ozempic. I lost like 15 pounds. I just I agree. I eat a lot of Greek yogurt, a lot of protein. And I cry. I cry a lot. <laughs> I cry in between spoonfuls of Greek yogurt, man. I'm like, oh, man, you know. But the truth is, uh, it's all worth it because we are in a position now, you and me, we are in a position to really change the culture around here uh, in our politics. And that, that would help. It would actually help every American if we got back to coexisting as voters because that would force our leaders to coexist, and solve problems instead of perpetually running on them and taking advantage of the division that's been created in our politics. So that's my goal. Like I'm sitting here, uh, having achieved all of these uh, mind blowing things, truly mind blowing. I can't, I don't process any of it emotionally. Uh, so believe me, I'm not showing off when I talk about it. I'm just trying to make sense of it and tell you that I have the clarity of someone who made all of his childhood dreams come true. So looking at life from the other side of the fence uh, you do get a lot of perspective. And the perspective in this moment is that we're doing it wrong as a country. And one of the reasons we're doing it wrong as a country is because our institutions that traditionally held us together are doing it all the way wrong. OK, that's late night comedy. OK, that's what it's been. You know, so I've spent the last 20 years. I mean, not I don't care because I like Jimmy Fallon personally. But the idea that people are like, oh, is it Jimmy Fallon? You know, it's great. It was my favorite thing when I'd show up to like a firehouse and yap Hank like, oh, we thought it was going to be Jimmy Fallon. I'm like, do you know how bad his career would have to tank to be playing a firehouse in Yap Hank on a Friday night? That's true. That is. is true. Okay, but the point is, you know, I always enjoyed that. I always enjoyed being on the wrong end of one of those comparisons, if only because comedy's not an alpha gig. It's about not taking yourself seriously and having fun. That's the point. And we have managed to have so much fun. We have thrown so many feel-good grenades into the news cycle that we now officially, as of this sign-off, are about to go host the first episode of our own primetime TV show, Take a Bow, because this win belongs to all of us.